I know I don't know much about you. But racing through my head, all thoughts about you. Yeah, you know I never try to hurt you. You know, and I hate to see you go. Yeah, I got something to say. Wishful thinking, baby. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's your favorite pod chat host coming back in your ear holes. Oh, you know what? It has been a while. I don't even know if I remember how to do this. Um, Roger, I'm here with Roger Brandstetter. What's up, man? How you doing? It's been, uh, well, we just hung out in Washington, D.C., your new, uh, your new metropolitan area, and it was a pretty fun little weekend. Ah, uh, yes. The DMV, plenty of adventures, none of which we're going to share on the podcast, they're not uh, they're not age appropriate. <laughs> but what we are going to do on this podcast is uh, is it safe to say that this is just kind of a, a movie and entertainment themed podcast now because that's pretty much all we like to get on here and talk about. I was gonna say like we can talk politics, but I think it will be very echo chambery. So it's it's fine. Yeah, I get enough of that at work too, where I'm just screaming into the void. So I don't really want to vent about that as much as i uh you know as much as i used to now it's just kind of like life this is our reality now reality (laughs) um we are living in a simulation so um but we are going to talk about oscar nominated movies maybe mix in a little bit of the uh the best movies that we've seen in the past year um full disclosure right off the top here i have seen all but three best picture nominations so i haven't seen green book bohemian rhapsody or roma just yet i might be able to knock those <laughs> out before the oscars start this weekend but gonna be leaning heavily on roger here to fill in the blanks with those ones i'm only uh, chuckling because those are the like three favorites for like best picture <laughs> but that's also ridiculous we'll get to it it's also yeah. ridiculous from by all accounts that they are the um the front runners for the most part right now um, let, let's jump into the, the first category. I wanted to add just generally the best five movies that we've each seen this year, um, whether they are nominated for best picture or, you know, some other award in the category, I guess, just to give, you know, listeners, those who maybe know us, those who might've stumbled upon this podcast and never heard it before, but give them like kind of a general idea of what our tastes are like so why we might have the opinions that we do later in the show about who should win what and and where and what categories that make sense yeah and if you haven't if you just stumbled upon this and it's your first time welcome and feel free to add us we'd be happy to engage with you on social media yeah exactly um subscribe rate we are we used to be pretty much monthly, but you know what? We uh, we've, we're slacking. Maybe we'll get back to it when um, when the summertime hits. I don't know. Winter lulls, man. It just makes me makes me tired when I get home from work. I don't want to do anything. Makes me drink when I get home from work. <laughs> hey, oh, we can still do that on the podcast. So, um, do you want to start? Um, you know, with your, with your list, you want to give like a few of them and we can kind of go back and forth. Or... Yeah, definitely. So, uh, wait, which one do you want to do back and forth or just list them? I think we should just list them. Uh, I guess just list them. Cause your number one movie was my number five movie. So <laughs> God damn cold on. Okay. So my list, I'm going to do a little countdown. So full, 
Uh, number five, I put Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I watched last night, and it was brilliant, and I liked it a lot. But I was waffling for a while because there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen that I think will fit into number five, like uh, First Reformed, uh, Eighth Grade, and If Beale Street Could Talk. I think I'm going to like all of those just based on reviews and uh, the the way that a lot of people who I respect uh, their opinions on movies talk about those movies. But that being said, Can You Ever Forgive Me was really good, and I really highly recommend it. It sort of felt like a heist movie, which is why I think you might be into it. Ooh, uh, at, at, at number four, I have Black Panther. At number three, I have A Star is Born. And number two, I have Avengers Infinity War. And at number one, drumroll please, I have Vice, the Dick Cheney biopic. Ah, Vice. So if you can um, do the math and put two and two together, that number one pick was my number five pick. But um, to kind of go back through your list, um, I I do have to say if Beale Street Could Talk is very good, and I recommend um, going to see it. It's not a very, very difficult watch but it is meaningful i feel like that movie's saying a lot um can you ever forgive me are you sure that's not a little bit of recency bias it is uh it, it <laughs> certainly is and that is very much the way every single like fresh movie i've seen uh i've liked more than the last with a few ex- like green book i saw and i am mad at it and we might get to that but uh pretty much any movie i've seen recently i like a lot but I mean, Infinity War. I've seen. I, I bought that as soon as it was available to buy on Amazon. I've watched that probably ten or twelve times at this point. Jesus, that's a lot of hours out of your life. That's that's like a full week. Yeah. Uh, what did it cost me? Everything. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, you know what? I watched Infinity War. Well, I saw it in the theaters, which. Um, that might have hampered my experience with it a little bit because it was like a 10 p.m. show. The movie was three hours. I didn't want to get up and leave my seat because I'm weird about that in movie theaters. I don't want to miss like even a second if I'm seeing a, any movie for the first time. I just I just don't do it. So I was stuck in my seat for like three hours when there was about 40 or so minutes left. I just... I had to pee so bad, but I stuck it out, so I might have done some damage to myself internally. But I didn't really enjoy Infinity War that much. I just thought it was very predictable. I thought that the ending, if you're a nerd like me, you noticed right away that the people that quote-unquote disappeared were ones that either had future movies on the docket or they were pretty heavy ips that you're just not going to permanently get rid of um they're all basically the same superheroes that are expected to carry the next generation of marvel movies and what you have left over are a lot of people who are the original the original yeah the original ones and i i picked that up right away and i was just like oh well okay but then i did watch it a second time now that it's on netflix a couple weeks ago and I actually enjoyed it a lot more, so I can I can definitely see why you had it pretty high on your list and why you enjoy watching it because it is a it is a fun movie. Watching I feel like it it's like time. one of the top three probably Marvel films that have come out. Just it felt more like an actual film than some of like the more popcorny 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of the movies have a very um, origin story feel, and this one really doesn't at all. Throws you right into it. You pretty much have to to know the characters and have to know a little bit about them to enjoy it, which is inside baseball and makes it a little bit inaccessible to some people. But if you're watching Infinity Wars, Infinity War rather, uh, you're it's not your first Marvel movie, so yeah. I mean, there's no. Um... You know, there's no prologue in the beginning of this movie. They're, they do take a pretty big gamble and expect you to know where and how people or how the characters got to the starting points of where they're at because obviously they're not just all, you know, chilling comfortably in their homes and then all of a sudden Thanos shows up. They're all kind of scattered literally throughout the galaxy. And, um, yeah, I would I would say it was definitely uh, – one of the better movies in the Marvel franchise. Um, obviously, it's, it's nominated for, uh, I believe, like special effects too. Yeah, visual which effects. It, it should probably win because they're actually pretty damn astounding. Um, but yeah, that that was uh, really enjoyed that. Love your Vice pick. I have Vice at five. Um, I liked it. Um, it was pretty typical Adam McKay stuff, uh, which is just really right in my wheelhouse. I like it no matter what. Um, and then I, um, it kind of lost me at the end. The it's, it's very nitpicky. It's very small, but I didn't like the whole, Oh, and by the way, massive spoiler alert to anybody listening to this podcast. We should have, uh, hedged that, um, at the beginning, we're probably going to ruin a lot of plots of the film, um, because we're, likely going to talk about how these films made us feel towards the end but vice it was it was doing really well until i thought the ending where they had uh christian bale kind of turn to the camera and break this fourth wall type of thing that kind of like broke the the dick cheney illusion that he was putting on very well throughout the entire film and uh is tied in my mind for the best acting performance of the year Oh, we'll get there. Yes. Um, so anyway, that that was my number five. Um, A Star is Born, number four. So we kind of have those two both roughly in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. No, Number three and number two is where I um, differ, and this is where I feel like you can really get a, a good idea for what sort of movies I'm, I'm in on. Um, number three for me was A Quiet Place. Uh, that one is just... It's definitely more fun in the movie theaters uh, because it's a very, very fun experience. Um, I feel like it's something that you should have enjoyed in the movie theater. And I wonder if they'll actually, uh, you know, periodically, maybe at some theaters, give it like another couple of runs just because it's fun to see um, an experience with a large group of people who are just dead silent. And yeah, literally just italics quiet. Um, but that that was just a fun movie experience, and I thought it was really well done. Um, number two for me was Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I really think Mission Impossible Fallout got uh, disrespected in some ways. Maybe it should have been looked at for best picture because it was literally the – I mean, no disrespect to my beloved Fast and Furious franchise, but Mission Impossible Fallout was the best straight-up action movie that I had seen in a really long time. Um, Just big on Tom Cruise, big on 
everything that they did in that movie. I can't wait for the next installment. I hope Tom Cruise is still uh, running quickly and jumping out of helicopters. He's going to live forever. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's going to be living forever, that's for sure. Uh, my number one movie of the year, it's really no secret. I feel like I've talked about this ad nauseum, is Black Panther. Um, it's my number one movie. It's my favorite movie. Um, from the year it's one of my favorite movies of all time um and most of the times i judge i judge these kinds of movies based on how often i would rewatch them so for you with with infinity war you watched it several times so that's why it's climbed so high up on your list but for black panther i can put that on and i'm just i'm sucked in i'm transported every single time the soundtrack is amazing the score is amazing the performances. Um, Ryan Coogler is my favorite director currently, uh, just based on a few films that he's done, and I'm really excited for him to be in my life for the next, you know, thirty to forty years, God willing. Um, but I just, I love Black Panther. It's a movie that sticks with me, and it's it's amazing to me. Oh yeah, it's super. I mean, I have it at four, and I mean, I like infinity war better but black panther was really really when i say top three marvel uh black panther is right there with infinity war for me as well and that yeah. was another one that was incredible to see in theaters yeah i mean if you if you believe sean fennessy he says that the buzz for best picture nom has been roma uh bohemian rhapsody and black panther somehow so, I mean, it's it's preferential voting, so we'll see how that all ends up shaking out. But um, there there is a small possibility for upset alert on Best Picture. Let's say that. Sure. And there is a case to be made. Uh, the case, in my mind, other – I mean, it is an incredible movie. My case, because I don't think it – personally, I don't think it's the Best Picture, but the case that I would make thinking that would be that the impact – that Marvel movies have had on film as an art form over the past ever since Marvel movies have been released uh, has been huge. And Black Panther shattered, just destroyed box office records. And it, I think that at some point that that needs to be acknowledged in what better stage than this uh, not as strong best film class this year yeah i mean that's that fragment uh, of a sentence <laughs> the the pod chat show a marvel podcast um i think more recently, disney <laughs> more recently um with you know spider-man homecoming thor ragnarok um black panther infinity war i think you're starting to get a little bit more of an artful feel for these types of movies um they're not just kind of, mm, I don't want to say fan servicey, but I feel like they're they're trying to do more with these movies, which is a good thing because they, I mean, they're cranking out a ton of origin stories and that mm -hmm. sort of thing can get repetitive. Their villains are never very good, but uh, you know, finally with Killmonger, they broke through and have a memorable villain. Like I. I encourage anybody else who's, you know, seen these Marvel movies to list me five other villains from other movies to see. Yeah, it's just, yeah. 
Yeah. Killmonger not, not is, <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Uh, Killmonger is compelling and MBJ is f- fucking incredible as Killmonger. Like I was like rooting for him half the time. And that's the mark of a good villain is when you're sort of like, I kind of want this guy to win or at least make it to the end and have some final showdown. I mean, that's the, the Heath Ledger thing. He's just like, you want to watch him because he's compelling. The, is this your king is a goosebump inducing scene, uh, even for Michael B. Jordan, who had goosebumps in the scene. Yeah, I, for for me, uh, the villains, again, they've been pretty dry for Marvel, but I always think to myself, the mark of a good villain to me is, do you are you rooting for them, or do you catch yourself rooting for them in some way towards the end? Um, that makes them compelling, or and or is there a case for why they're you know such a dick? Is it like, do you agree with it on some levels? You're like, you know what, I get his point. I see what he means. Like, I see where you're coming from. Get longer. Yeah, exactly. I like, I get it. I understand. It's not just being evil for the sake of being evil or I want to take over the world because you know, that's, that's in my blood. My, Cause my daddy didn't hug me. Yikes. Okay. So do okay. you want to jump into our, uh, our big award talk? No, nah, I want to talk about Marvel movies more. <laughs> I know that you do. So <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about best supporting actor, actress, best actor best actress uh best director and we're gonna end with our our best film of this oscar season so for each category we're gonna list the nominees we're gonna talk about who we want to win like what we think for our tastes should win we're gonna predict who is going to win uh if there's one that we hope absolutely does not win which uh i have some opinions uh we're gonna talk about that and if there's a snub in a given category, let's uh, discuss that as well. So we're going to kick it off with Best Supporting Actor. And the, the nominees are Sam Rockwell playing George W. Bush in Vice, uh, Sam Elliott in A Star is Born, Adam Driver, uh, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, and Black Klansman, Mahershala Ali in Green Book, and Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Who do you got for your preference? Um. Yeah, my preference for this one is probably Adam Driver, actually. Um, I think he was I, – I don't think Sam Elliott or Sam Rockwell got enough screen time. The Sams. Um, yeah, the Sams. Um, I don't believe they got enough screen time, whereas Adam Driver was really a a character that was helping, even though he was in a supporting role, push the, the story forward. Is he driving the story forward? It, I, I was trying to avoid <laughs> saying that, actually. Um yeah, I think he's driving the story forward in a much more um, much more tangible way. Uh, I think if I were a betting man, which I am, and if I were putting some coin on this category, I would probably say Mahershala Ali because everybody wants him to go up on stage and, and give a speech. Like That's why he should win awards consistently. No, oh, yeah, I agree. And that's who I have as probably going to win, and I think, Gosh, I was going to look at uh, Vegas odds before this, and I just didn't have time. So um, apologies to the listeners. I I listen to a lot of movie podcasts, so I think our uh, our prediction of who's going to win is probably pretty close. But if you get it wrong, uh, don't be a hater. Uh, so I think Mahershala Ali is going to win uh, just based on him having won Best Actor. And like he was an incredible actor in Green Book. 
I just didn't like the movie. I thought the the script was stupid and uh and it's been done before. It's derivative of Driving Miss Daisy and other uh white guy learns a lesson from a wise black man movies and that's just dumb. And I don't think that it has a a place in 2019 movies given the given the various we have tons of directors and tons of stories that we can tell and that just didn't yeah. Uh, so who I, <laughs> my preference, who I would prefer to win, uh, though I like Sam Rockwell and Vice and I thought he did a great job. It really did feel like a tertiary part and it didn't like, I feel like a lot of people could have played George W. Bush, including like Will Ferrell, who was an EP on the film. So my preference, uh, recency biases of Richard E. Grant, who <laughs> look, he was really good. He like Adam driver drove the story forward and played a very major role in can you ever forgive me? And he not only provided a lot of dramatic resonance towards the end of the film, but he provided a lot of comic relief during some of the heavier scenes in the middle of the film. And he sort of was a good foil for Melissa McCarthy, who was, um, I'm trying to think of like how the nicest way to say it is, but they call each other the C word towards the end of the film. And they're not like, nice people but they are just like mm, like witty like sort of like like black humor witty there is a, a phrase that i'm trying to think of but i'm not going to and we're short sassy? on time, so. uh it's not even sassy and they do uh, it's fine anyway i like richard e grant but i think mahershal ali is probably going to win do you have anyone that you absolutely hope does not win in best supporting actor um richard e grant no i'm just kidding wow um, I, maybe we should have let uh can you ever forgive me breathe a little bit before we did this podcast because it's, it's i think it's too fresh in your mind um no actually i would really be okay with anybody winning um Are the sam any? the sam rockwell uh george w bush thing though it, it, i felt like it was definitely a heat check performance out of sam rockwell and basically oh, Anybody could have played that role and it really wouldn't have mattered. Um, I, I think you could plug a bunch of other people into that. Uh, it's it's just more fun because it's Sam Rockwell. You know, you, it, you get to see him be his most Sam Rockwelly, um, Extremely Sam Rockwell performance yeah. by Sam Rockwell. Um, but yeah, no, nobody I, w- I would be upset about. Yeah, same. Are there any snubs that uh, come to mind for this category? Um, let's see. Henry Cavill, Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Superman um, himself. I, I'm looking actually, at movies. A, a big snub of somebody that could have been in this is somebody we, we talked about just before, Michael B. Jordan in Black yeah, Panther. That's, he's, that's what I was thinking. He's probably the biggest one. Um, I think that would be a product of expanding the field a little bit, though, right? instead of having just five. Um, I think he was probably he's probably next up, like just on the outside looking in um, to get into that lineup. He had to have been number six. All right. Yeah, exactly. So moving on, uh, the other the other sex best supporting actress. Uh, we got Emma Stone in the favorite. We have Rachel Weisz in the also the favorite. Vice. Sure. Uh, Marina de Tavira in Roma. We have Amy Adams in Vice, and we have Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk. <laughs> Who do you got? Um, 
so for this one, I Regina King was really good. I I, I do want to say she was really phenomenal, and it will be very great to see her um, win this Oscar. But my favorite of the year was Amy Adams' advice. I just it, it goes back to the villain thing where I just hated her so much in Vice. Like I, it made me absolutely mad. Her character. And that's how I knew she was doing doing a the doing a good thing. It, it's like Joffrey in Game of Thrones or um, uh, the the teacher in uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix that I can never remember her name. Uh, Just keep going. I'll think about it a sec. Yeah, it, it's if you Dolores Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge. Yes. Why do I never always forget that trivia champ? The <laughs> when you just absolutely despise buys the character that's how you just know they're they're dealing like they're throwing 100 miles per hour and i think that's what amy adams is doing positively agree so my favorite of the year uh spoiler uh is emma stone in the favorite i don't think the movie works without her um she's just incredible she's very good she's super believable um and that's who i think is going to win as well do you have someone who you think is going to win um, honestly, I think Regina King is going to win. I, I think because she won, um, not the BAFTA, but she won the Golden Globe, uh, for best supporting actress. I, I also don't think Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are supporting actors in that movie. I, they are like co-stars. Oh yeah. They're both in, the main characters. Yeah, they. I don't think they. I Olivia get it. Like, Coleman seems like the supporting actress in that. Yeah, she's definitely the supporting, and like I understand it for like awards purposes. You probably throw them in here or try to get them nominated here, but I don't think they're supporting actresses. And it's I about also them. Like just because yeah, they're not their story. They're, they're just because they're not the queen doesn't mean they're anyway. I think it's because it's like not about one specific character in general. It's, sure. it's about both of them. So that's what makes, I don't know. But I also think that their, their votes are going to cancel each other out. Like some people are going to think Rachel Vice was better in the favorite. Others are going to think Emma Stone's the favorite. So it's like, they're going to, uh, they're going to split their, their favorite votes there. That makes sense. I did like Marina de Tavira in Roma. She's extremely good and she's a very good bestie. But uh, so my thinking that, for Emma Stone as a favorite to win is that she has already won best actress. And I think that that does carry some weight and people are going to want to reward her even further than she's already been rewarded. So, yeah. My uh, thing is for, I, I love Emma Stone. She's my actual favorite actress at the moment. So it's, I wouldn't be upset about that. If, if anything, I think I would be a little bit upset if, if Rachel Vice won only because she's like, I love Rachel Vice too, but she's like fourth on my, if I were to power rank the best supporting actresses of the year. Sure. Is she the one who you hope does not win then? I guess that sounded like that's what you're saying. Um, I wouldn't say that because it makes it seem like I'm wishing ill on her, but I would say I hope that three other people would win preferably before she gets the nod. Let's say that. Okay, I don't have anyone who I'm like rooting against in this one. Um, I think they're all. I haven't seen Beale Street yet, 
So I'm sure that Regina King's awesome, and I've heard really good things about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. They of the performances I've seen, they were all brilliant. Amy Adams as Lynn Cheney was incredible. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz were both incredible. Marina Devere was awesome. They're all really good movies. Are there any snubs that you can think of for Best Supporting Actress this particular year? Um, I do think you know what. I hate to keep on referencing my best movies of the year list, but I do think that there's a case to be made for Emily Blunt in a quiet place. Um, I thought she was very good. Um, That also just happens to be uh, one of my favorites from the past year. So take that with a grain of salt, but I think to, to add a little bit more to the field um, again, it's, it's like the, uh, the best supporting actor nom to get, people to just watch the show generally um it would have been cool to see like deny guerrera get a, a nomination for black panther or something like that you know oh yeah definitely i feel like black panther needed just more nominations generally just given how culturally relevant it is and like i don't know when you go bonkers at the box office there's a reason yeah i mean we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to, to best picture but um, cause I have more to, more to say on that. Sure. Um, I thought Claire Foy in first man maybe deserved a nod, but, um, it's really hard to put her in this top five this year, but like, I thought she's very good and could replace maybe the bottom wrong person. I, I, oh. I don't know. Yes. I was driving the Claire Foy train for like literal weeks before I saw first man and you know, the, in the, uh, subsequent weeks afterwards because I I love Claire Foy and I, I wanted her to get a nomination but uh, you're a Foy boy I'm a Foy boy <laughs> but uh, First Man it might be the most robbed movie of the of the Oscar season we can debate that perhaps at a later point let's talk about best actor we got Christian Bale for Vice we got Bradley Cooper in A Star Is Born we have Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. We have Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. And we have Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate, which I don't think either of us has seen, right? I've not seen that movie anywhere. Okay. Um, Who do you got? My pick for this is, honestly, it's a, it feels like it's just a tie, a lock. Uh, a lockstep tie between Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper. Um, That's where I landed too. I, I, I mean, Bradley Cooper is so, so, so good in A Star Is Born. Yes. And so both undergo drastic transformations. I mean, obviously Bradley Cooper, not as much with gaining weight physically, but he did, you know, take voice lessons. He he directed the damn movie himself, and he's obviously not up for a best director nod. Um, he talked like this the entire movie. <laughs> hey, always remember us this way. Just wanted to get uh, one more look at you. <laughs> love listening to him talk like he was uh, leading a course commercial the entire time. <laughs> it was great. Uh, definitely believe Sam Elliott was his brother. Uh, also learned to play guitar and was just like actually a really good singer. I feel like we'll get to this in a second, but Bradley Cooper was actually the one singing in that film, um, which I thought was pretty damn amazing. And then uh, Christian Bale, just with, with all the mannerisms and 
the way he portrayed Dick Cheney and, you know, listening to Adam McKay on separate podcasts talk about how, you know, Christian Bale took, took it very seriously, like he always does, but just he got it down to, like, the way Dick Cheney would walk in the way he would like kind of talk out of the side of his mouth. And I, I just thought it was a, a really fantastic performance. I, again, I'm not going to be upset if either of one, either one of them takes it home, but I will be pissed if neither one of them takes it home. Absolutely. So uh, that's, I said, that's where I landed. My preference uh, between Coop and uh, Christian Bale is Christian Bale because of a lot of the facial mannerisms and the physical transformation. Like if we're going to award, Last year, Gary Oldman for putting on a fat suit to play Winston Churchill. We absolutely have to give this award to Christian Bale for actually gaining the weight. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable what Christian Bale does between like the machinist and Batman, and then he slums back down for uh, uh, the fighter, and he puts on a in- enormous belly for this. It's just incredible. And again, like you mentioned it, but like just the facial ticks the little mannerisms that like we've seen like just in like on CNN of Dick Cheney and that talking out of the side of his mouth, like it, it's incredible. It's captivating and he's really good. And like the only parts of the movie where I was a little taken out of it were like early Dick Cheney where he's like just out of college or where he's being, where he's working as a lineman. And like, it just looks like, kind of chubby Christian Bale and not Dick Cheney. But (laughs) after that, it, he just disappears into the role and it seems like you're watching Dick Cheney and it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he completely fell into the role and his heart has got to be able to like pump jet fuel, like up into a plane. It's just got to be working overtime all the time. I have got to think that he's, like this is a little morbid, but like just with the way he like can gain and lose weight on a dime, one has got to think he's going to like, he's not going to live as long as like a normal person who isn't doing these enormous extreme weight changes. I don't know. Sorry. He's a rich person though. He's probably just, you know, taking the blood cells of, of younger human beings and injecting them into himself. Well, good for him. Honestly, he's a really <laughs> good actor. Uh, so who do you Tom think Cruise. is going to win? Um, I, all signs are pointing to Rami Malek and which by all, uh, again, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but by all accounts, the movie is fine. It's a fun watch, but Rami Malek doesn't sing. He's lip syncing the whole time. He has, you know, big fake teeth, uh, prosthetic. That's pretty obvious, uh, in order to resemble, uh, Freddie Mercury even more, um, I, I love Rami Malek. My first uh, introduction to Rami Malek, I, I like telling this because it's fun, was the Need for Speed movie. Um, that was the first time I saw him, and I was like, oh, like, who's this guy? He seems pretty charismatic. And sure enough, you know, he, he's nailing Mr. Robot, and he's really compelling in that. But I don't know, just by all accounts, he's the front runner for best actor just based on other awards that he's won. But a lot of people are saying, are asking why. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Why? He, he's, okay, so I think he's going to win as well, uh, just based on the podcasts and uh, whatever, Vegas odds I didn't look at. Uh, so I think he's going to win, and I'm absolutely hoping he doesn't for 
two reasons. One, the prosthetics effort. This is the, the Gary Oldman thing again. Like he's putting on a fat suit. He's like doing this huge hard thing. Christian Bale actually put on the weight. And then if we're talking about musical talent, he was lip syncing and Bradley Cooper actually sang. So I don't know how you can, how you can give it to Rami Malek who did neither of those things in real life. Like these other two legendary actors did. Yeah. I, I mean, good luck uh, being able to sing like Freddie Mercury. That's not a easy task for anybody. And I wouldn't sure. expect him to actually nail that, but I just think the, because when I first heard that Remy Malik was going to be cast as Freddie Mercury, I was like, holy shit, like, good job. That is pretty spot on casting in terms of getting somebody to just generally look like him rather than casting, you know, some random dude and trying to get him to look as closely as possible. Like, they, half the work was already done for him. I don't think they need the prosthetic teeth at all, just kind of whatever overemphasize that. Um, but the, the degree of difficulty for what Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper as an art form was just head and shoulders above what Remy Malik had to do. And that's what this is about is who is elevating the art form. And I don't think lip syncing and acting like someone is as impressive as actually putting on weight or actually singing and playing guitar with one of the best, musicians that we presently have and holding your own yeah that can't be understated too lady gaga i mean i think it gets a little bit lost with all the costumes and you know things she just it's part of her musical personality outside of acting but she does have one of the best voices like just generally right now i feel like so being able to go up there and and hold your own is is pretty impressive i would say so yeah agreed yeah. Okay. Let's move on from Oh wait, are there any snubs? Um best actor snubs. I don't know. It I feel like if I if I had some time to think about it, I could probably come up with a few Chadwick Boseman. Just <laughs> Chadwick Boseman, yes, exactly. Uh but that's mostly cuz I feel like the the field is pretty shallow. It looks a little top heavy. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, this is just, okay. It's in the shallow. I'm not doing it on purpose. Um, but just because by all accounts, Vigo Mortensen's well, green books, just taking a lot of hits. Uh, I love Vigo, but green books just taking too many hits right now. And I don't think anybody has seen Willem Dafoe and at eternity's gate. So Vigo's good in the part, and he is a good actor. It's just a dumb part in a dumb movie. So I'm rooting against him, but only be, like not because he was bad, just out of principle. Um, I haven't seen this movie yet, but here's one for people who may have seen it. Uh, Ethan Hawke in First Reformed. That's what I've heard that as was... well, and I'm expecting to like that movie, and I yeah. have traditionally liked Ethan Hawke in movies. Yeah, he's one of my favorite bird-named actors. I could make a very strong case if we had an hour uh, for uh, Robert Downey in Infinity War, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, Ethan Hawke is right under Russell Crowe in terms of bird bird last names <laughs> and actors. That's the only other one I could think of. Uh, I don't want to think about this too long because we have <laughs> limited time. So let's move on to best actress. We have 
Olivia Coleman in Coleman Coleman in the favorite. We have Yalitza Aparicio in Roma. We have Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born. Uh, also, okay, so uh, okay, Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me and Glenn Close and the Wife. Back to Lady Gaga. Why is she going by that and not by her like actual? That's not what her parents named her, right? Uh, definitely not. I'm pretty sure she has a very Italian name, but for the fact that I don't know it is probably why she just went as Lady Gaga because people might see that and be like, it might confuse ballot voters. Honestly, I think it was just easier. I mean, that is, uh, what is it? Stefani, Joanne, Angelina, German, it, It's, it's the voters jobs to know this, but at the same time, it's probably just like Lady Gaga. No, no, no. I mean, she made the right choice, but I, yeah. it, I'm just, being persnickety about this. So uh, who is your preference in this prestigious category? Um, It's Lady Gaga. I mean, I haven't seen The Wife. Um, Can you ever forgive me? I obviously haven't seen uh, Roma. Not yet. I'm working on it. Give me a break. Um, But Olivia Coleman was the exact opposite of Amy Adams in terms of uh, characters that I hated. Uh, because I just hated her character, and I thought, first of all, she wasn't the the lead actress, so she shouldn't be in this category. Second of all, I just hated her character. It drove me nuts. I didn't sympathize with the character being a villain, but I just did not like her, and it was annoying. And she was just terrible to me, at least. I it was just I couldn't get past the annoyingness to really look at and value the the performance of her. So um, I'm going with. Lady Gaga, again, for being just a fantastic performer and elevating the art and exceeding expectations of being a big movie star now. Yeah, so that's who I I think my preference is. Um, Melissa McCarthy was also brilliant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? But if uh, I get my pick, if I had a vote, it's Lady Gaga, hands down. Between the acting... um, and actually singing and like not just singing, but holy fucking, she is so good at, at yes. her voice is unbelievable. And it just seems like they're, it's like in Dragon Ball Z when uh, Vegeta's talking about Frieza and he's like, oh, he has unlimited power. And that's what Lady Gaga's voice is. It's unbelievable. And she can just sing any note at any volume and it always sounds good. And, Gosh, yeah. So she is my pick for uh, who I would prefer to win. And I think who is going to win based on what I've heard is Glenn Close in The Wife, which I have not seen, so I don't want to comment on it too much. But I cannot imagine in my mind, when I have a pretty active imagination, that it could possibly be better than Lady Gaga. Yeah, I I agree. I think Glenn Close is going to win it. But I'm sure the performance is fine. It just seems like it's probably going to be a, a lifetime achievement award of sorts. Like it, it should be like really Glenn Close hasn't won yet. She probably should have won at some point in her long illustrious career, but she just hasn't. So I, I think that's what it's going to it's gonna be this time around. Sure. I will say that Yalitza Aparicio in Roma was very good and there were some specific scenes where um I don't like using the phrase face acting but she was just making these faces and you knew exactly what she was feeling and like 
uh, she is very, very good. That Roma is a good movie. It is a little bit of a tough watch, but the actors in it are extremely good. Um, and to your point about Olivia Colman and the favorite, I, uh, I agree that she is pretty frustrating at times, but to your earlier point of uh, good villains, when they make you feel something and supporting actresses, when they make you feel something or like kind of just hate the person that really is pretty impressive. But again, I don't think she's like the leading actress in the favorite either. I think she's a supporting actress. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's been campaigning pretty well. Uh, she gave a pretty good award speech at the globe. So that might be um, something that's weighing towards Olivia Coleman. Um, are you ready for my snub? Because I think it's really fantastic. <laughs> Here we go. I think one of the biggest snubs of this year's Oscars, just is generally, it, not just the category. Is that from is, Black Panther? <laughs> no, it is Elsie Fisher from eighth grade. Gucci. I thought she was unbelievable. I, I'm like, who is this kid? She is. I mean, I was talking about Amy Adams dealing a hundred. I think Elsie Fisher was getting up there in one tens. Like she was really dealing as just a young actress that I had never seen before. And I mean, it helped that eighth grade was just a, a really fantastic movie that I think should have garnered a little bit more respect than it did. Um, this one, I think if I were to extend my top five, movies of the year list this one would probably sit firmly at like six or seven because i thought it was really good um yeah i think elsie fisher like an actual leading actress in the movie should have should have gotten a look young people are not taken seriously enough as actors when they're in movies yeah i find so the uh the one that rubbed me the rawest was in room and I don't remember the child's name, but that supporting actor completely made the movie. Uh, the child who is locked in the room uh, with uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. So I, I completely get where you're coming from. And do you want to guess what year that Elsie Fisher was born in to make us feel like complete pieces of shit? Um, probably like 2009. What? Born in 2009? Yeah, that was my guess. Eighth grader, Jordan. <laughs> I'm not gonna have math. Uh, <laughs> that is very <laughs> evident. Uh, she's born in 2003. She's 15 uh, years old. That's un- that's unreal. Yeah, I, she was really good. Like <laughs> she was very good. I I think that adds nine. <laughs> I think that's what makes the performance more impressive because she's just a young actress who was just. She was just on a level. She she definitely could be playing with the the big girls, but you're right. The young actors don't get the respect because they, I think voters often see their performance and they're like, oh, like this person will be around. We'll get them on the next performance. Then the next performance happens and then they're still like, ah, not yet, not yet. And then they end up waiting. Like, I think this could happen to uh, Timothy Chalamet, um, just being a young actor who, they're they're gonna end up waiting for him to get his due. It's because they're also behind with awarding people at the time that they should be awarded. Like Leo finally got an Oscar a couple of years ago after uh, just 
decades of being a very good actor and it I mean, it would help if they got it right the first time. Yeah, it's cool that we're going to give it to Rami Malek on his first run. But anyway, we should move on to Best Director. Don't even get me started. (laughs) So we got uh, Yorgos Lanthimos for... Yeah, I nailed it. For The Favorite, we have Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. We have Adam McKay for Vice. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. And Powell Pawlski. Powell... Powell... Pavel Pawlikowski. Shouts to all my Polacks. Yeah, I just need to zoom in more on this word doc. Anyway, for Cold War, uh, who who's your preference between these five gentlemen? Um, None my of which preference again. Yeah, we're shout out to Greta Gerwig. Um, my preference is probably Spike Lee. Um, I just thought he. Uh, I really liked Black Klansman. I think it's it's not getting the attention it deserves because it kind of goes off the third rail by the end of the film, um, which is not great, but I still think the rest of it was, was pretty good. And I, I think it, it sh- this is a scenario where it should also be a little bit like a Glenn Close thing with a Lifetime Achievement Award because you can look back through Spike's uh, filmography. He should have won it for you know, Malcolm X, Do the Right Thing. Uh, just... He should have won it before, but I think Alfonso Cuaron runs away with it, which which is fine. I love Gravity and the third Harry Potter movie. Oh yeah, super fair, incredibly fair. So uh, that's who I think is going to win as well. Uh, I think that's who Vegas probably has. And given that he did everything for the film, I think it's going to be sort of like a yeah, we're going to give it to you because this is an incredible movie and you did goddamned everything. So here. Um, that being said, like he did do an extremely good job. Roma looks so uh, there's not a lot of black and white films that I find interesting to look at. And Roma really is. And it really was like, I found myself just like laughing at the movie. Like at parts, it was so, so funny. And him having written and directed is just incredible. And it's an incredible achievement. And when he wins, not if, uh, I think it'll be very well-deserved. I, I would like to see Spike Lee win, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Spike Lee is the uh, the Leo of directors. Yeah, that's, that's a fair statement. So my preference, uh, though, would be Adam McKay for Vice. Um, again, I just, that movie's so good. <laughs> it, uh, it scratches... Uh, every area that I want scratched when I watch a movie, uh, it's definitely, you know what it got, it got criticized for being like, uh, propaganda for liberals, but who's out here standing for, for, for Dick Cheney. I mean, if it's accurate, it can't be propaganda. So it's like, I'm sure they, it's a pretty truthful. He almost certainly emphasize some things more than others. That being said, like we know Dick Cheney's a dick comma Cheney. So I don't, uh, it, the cutaways to explain some of the more nefarious policies enacted by the Bush administration were helpful very much in the way that like Margot Robbie explained what, uh, collateralized debt obligations were in the big short. Like that was cool. And it's, it's interesting that Adam McKay is returning to that well to explain things in his movies. And it feels, I don't know, 
a little condescending if you know what he's talking about ahead of time, but he's also trying to make it digestible for, yeah, accessible and digestible for the average person. And to just to understand the ramifications of these huge world changing events and putting one of the most secretive and controversial politicians ever into perspective is an impressive feat. And, uh, the movie was entertaining as hell. So I like Adam McKay in this category, and I think Alfonso Cuaron is going to win. Yeah, I think the the over-exaggerated parts of that movie were um, were Dick Cheney as a family man, but that's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, Bush is probably more fun in real life than Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I mean... Well. I'm not going to I mean, go, say W is fun. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> super shitty president, probably kind of a shitty person, but uh, by all accounts, he is a good hang. Yeah, he's, he, he paints now, so he's cool. Yeah, no, that actually is how it works. Uh, <laughs> do you have anyone who you hope does not win in this category? No, not really. I, all of them and put a woman director in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's super fair i'm not really rooting against anyone in here uh i did like this took a sharp liberal turn this podcast did <laughs> yeah, surprise trojan horse full of uh snowflakes <laughs> um no definitely not rooting against any of these dudes uh it yeah. would be good to see spike lee win just given his his career it is legendary and what i mean yeah he deserves to win, and I just don't think it's his year, and that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, what's the other thing? Are there any snubs in this category? Um, Bo Burnham. Fair. Yeah, I like. I get that. It, again, it's it, it's also Bo Burnham's first time directing a, a feature film, so like I, I understand that that's tough. That sucks. Um, oh, I would also say. Bradley no, no, Cooper. no. Let me say Bradley Cooper. Okay, you you take it. <laughs> Look, you you said Bo Burnham first. If we're snake drafting, I'm saying Bradley Cooper. I I want Bo Burnham to get his Oscar nom. I think my ideal lineup for this, if it's to if it's five dudes, it's probably without seeing it. I know that I like Bo Burnham's film. Everything I've ever seen that he's done has been just awesome. He's the most talented person. Uh, a very like real portrayal, like very real. It yeah. feels lived in. Oh, I haven't seen. I guess I can't say yeah and agree with you because well, I haven't seen it. But like, it's fantastic. Having listened to uh, Bo on Simmons's podcast and just knowing how creative he is, both in terms of comedy, music, and just the way he views the world, like I know that I'm going to like it. I know that he's a very good director. He's a very self-aware person. Yeah, he's... I. He might be in my top five for people I'd like to podcast with. Uh, So I would say Bradley Cooper is a snub because A Star is Born is so good. And he's an incredible actor in it. He was directing Lady Gaga. And this is, I think, her first feature film. And she, as we have previously discussed was incredible and even if she doesn't win she was nominated for best actress and that's insane if it's also his first directing not 
or directing effort. Yeah, his first go at it, he basically put everything together, got Lady Gaga in the movie, and he really knows how to shoot himself on film. So that's that's great. He knows how to hang himself on film. Okay. <laughs> um let's go to best film <laughs> yeah i now's probably a good time to transition so uh we have the favorite we have roma vice a star is born black panther black clansman bohemian rhapsody and green book who is your favorite mine i don't even it's black panther um i I love the movie. It's probably not the most artistic or not your typical Oscars fair. Like no movie like Black Panther has ever won like this, unless you want to go back to like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King to kind of get you like the fantasy aspect of it. I I think it's kind of a stretch for it to win, but I think it's, I think when we look back a couple years from now, A Star is Born and Black Panther are going to be the most important and memorable movies uh, from this year. And I think people are going to watch these more. I mean, Black Panther 2 is going to come out very soon, um, within the next couple of years, and that's going to bring people back to that movie. And uh, I think that movie is probably going to outgross the first one. And it's, it's setting up, um, it's setting up a moment. Black Panther definitely set something up. So that's it sticks with me. That's my favorite movie of the year, and that's what I think should win Best Picture. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah, that's super fair. God, I, the buzz around Black Panther when it came out was incredible. Like I couldn't even get to Black Panther when it came out because it was sold out for like three weeks. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about that. It's At some point, you have to look at how much these movies are making too if you're if they're actually good too if they're you know rocking 97 percent rotten tomato scores and they're making a billion dollars then that means people like the movie and it's really fucking good yeah strong agree uh shouts to dark knight for opening this category up for f- more than five films because this is way more fun with eight films just but- to get more perspectives and the Dark Knight died so Black Panther could live. Yeah, precisely. That's <laughs> the old saying. Uh, <laughs> so my favorite, uh, as you may have surmised, is Vice. Uh, I just really love this film. I think it's going to age a lot like Wolf of Wall Street. Um, just sort of a, a retrospective on a different time and a very formative time for our current world and I don't know. It sort of helps. Well, it doesn't help me, but I feel like it helps a lot of people understand sort of why we are where we are, especially with some of the stuff dating back into the 80s and what Cheney was doing then and who he was working with. And that, I think, is where it sort of gets into the the liberal propaganda area where people criticize it. But it's also true, a lot of it. So um, the way it was shot, the the actual earnest humor in it, especially with like all the heart attack stuff and the incredible acting, incredible editing, very good directing, excellent script. And like the cinematography, it was shot super well. I thought 
like the fly fishing stuff just to illustrate some of the points uh when cheney was teaming up with bush like it was so good and i was gonna mention the favorite here as well but i just talked myself into vice even more (laughs) yeah it's it's another great movie about recent history um i mean by the time w's two terms were up i was still in high school so i like that sort of stuff wasn't in our textbooks yet like i i mean it might be in textbooks now but it wasn't for us um you know going through high school when we were like literally living through it so it's cool to get that sort of recent history um you know re-download um in a very entertaining way and like recently I, I bought the big short just because I was, it's not any streaming services. And I was like, I, I just have the, uh, the hankering to watch this movie. And I think vice is going to very much be in that position, you know, a couple months, a year from now, I'll, I'll want to watch it again. Yeah. I'm already very excited to see it again. I would, I mean, I was debating, uh, between vice for this category well, okay, so we can talk about this in a second. Who do you think is going to win? I think this is the more interesting question for this category specifically. I think it sucks, but I think Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win. I think I think that this is... So I put it on the same level as Black Panther in terms of being successful and a fun watch and what people want to go to the movie theaters to enjoy. But by all accounts, it's not a very good movie. It takes pretty big liberties with the actual history of Queen and Freddie Mercury. Hold up for one second. I feel like it is a good movie. It's not a good, it sounds so fucking pretentious. It's not a good film. Okay. Well, yeah, again, it it can't make millions of dollars if it's not a good good movie. People would waste money on it. But, I just think it's the movie that voters will vote for because they think they're being progressive and voting for like a fun movie that made a lot of money as opposed to the, the real one that was actually an artistic achievement in black Panther is going to get looked over. Um, also a star is born. can't overlook that made millions of dollars and was a lot of fun and what people want to see and had original music and, that one's going to get overlooked. And I think Bohemian Rhapsody people are going to be like, I like Queen. Queen was fun. That was a fun movie. Right, kids? See, the Oscars can have fun. I swear to God, if Bohemian Rhapsody wins and they play We Are the Champions, I'm going to throw myself off the roof of my apartment. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I don't blame you. But, that's just oh my too God. cliche. I already hate, I hate that I even thought of that. I'm mad that you thought about it too. They definitely have that all queued up and ready to go. Okay. So I think Roma is going to win. And my reasons for thinking this are this, uh, Alfonso Coron is really talented as evidenced by this film, uh, as well as the third Harry Potter and gravity. Uh, and it, I don't know, just, the where we are with politics right now, though it should not factor into picking what is going to be etched into the walls at the Kodak theater definitely does. And I don't know with Trump's rhetoric around immigrants. Uh, I think, I think the story of just a worker in Mexico city is going to resonate with 
at least some people, especially people living in LA and the actors were extremely good in it. The story was incredible. Uh, I, I also just think that a lot of voters are going to be split between some of the more, I don't want to say entertaining because they're all very entertaining, but like some of the more fun movies between like star uh, black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody. Like those are just more fun and it's like, it's very much a taste thing. And then there's going to be this other crowd that's voting for like, what's the best artistic achievement. And Roma was um, sort of whimsical at times, uh, specifically when like they're standing outside and there's a marching band, like there's always something weird going on outside uh, the apartment on the street, like between the marching band and uh, I can't remember everything, but that one yeah. stands out to me particularly. Uh, I could also be okay with the favorite winning just on the basis of like it, it was just like super arty. Uh, the, the shots were incredible. If it doesn't win for cinematography, I'm going to be very upset. Just, it looked so good. The fisheye lenses and the incredible production design, just the use of color, the use of symbolism, and that last shot, just like, ah, I love that so, so much. So there's a lot of things. I, like, I'm rooting for most of these except for like two, and that's Bohemian Rhapsody and the one that I absolutely hope does not win. Uh, but we still have to talk about snubs before I get to that. Yeah, uh, Roma, I'll probably watch once or twice. It sounds fine, but like if a movie like Green Book wins, I think we'll look back on that in a couple years, and that'll be the new crash. Um, so I think that could be a disaster. Snubs, um, I, th I think the list is fine. I think Mission Impossible Fallout should have gotten a better look for best film, because I truly think it's an achievement the only problem is it's it's essentially a superhero movie and they already have one in there so that's yeah would you replace but, any of these with beale street oh 100 i would replace uh both rhapsody and green book even though i haven't seen either of them with the beale street could talk i thought that one got a little bit underrated um i could make a case for first man too to be at least nominated because i like that movie and what it did. I did like first man. I don't think it was a best picture, which does bum me out because I just adore Jamie, Damien Chazelle, but, um, I, I haven't seen Beale street, but that was on my watch list, which I think that was maybe the last podcast we did was the Oscar watch list. Um, mm. Mm, I, I mean, given my argument earlier for, marvel's impact on film i could see infinity war and the way that i talked about it earlier i could put infinity war in here over green book but i think for the most part this list is fine with the exception of the film that i absolutely hope does not win green book which was just garbage like just the actors are fine and like the production design was fine the actual like technical stuff in the film was all fine but the just the idea that we're just remaking driving miss daisy is dumb it's 20 like stop it we don't need this film we don't need vigo mortensen introducing mahershala ali to fried chicken and jazz like what are we even doing here it did, yeah i didn't learn anything it didn't have anything to say 
there was also- actual line where Vigo Mortensen tells Mahershala Ali he's blacker than him, which is just like, what are you even doing? This is so dumb. This film is how to. Uh, it's yeah. also in the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Green Book with Mahershala Ali's character. I'm blanking on the name, but apparently the the family of the real life guy they weren't even really consulted on the script for the film. So it's kind of this speech at the Golden Globes by uh oh that was a train wreck. Vigo Mortensen's character's named Lip Lip something I forgot, but like that was the All Lives Matter of speeches. Yeah, precisely. And like we just don't need it this year. We don't need it most years. We needed it maybe I don't know. 15 20 25 or more years ago we don't need it now it's just dumb yeah oh really it was hard and in gym in the south for black people back then that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) well anyway hopefully on uh on sunday we're not too mad and not having to jump off the buildings of our apartments or the roofs of our apartments well thankfully we have a hundred inches of snow here so i'll probably be fine (laughs) (laughs) great awesome uh, any last thoughts? Ah, you can follow me, first time listener at uh, at Raj underscore Podge on Twitter dot com. I don't tweet very often, although I did tweet yesterday, and I thought it was pretty funny, but I got literally no likes. But I'm not gonna like delete it because I stand by my jokes. Uh, to be fair, and, I didn't even see it, so maybe I'll go on there and throw you a, a star. Uh, it was health tip. Clip your toenails over spinach greens for a satisfying crunch with a protein boost. Doctors hate this. <laughs> Gross. Um, you can follow me at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Um, I will hopefully finish all the best pictures before Sunday. If not, I will still be standing Black Panther very hard. Wakanda forever. Thanks for listening, guys. Gucci. Gucci.